Welcome to Stony Brook. It is so nice to be back in worship in this way today. And for those of us online, we are so glad that you are here worshiping with us today as we um, come together to worship our Lord. I am Pastor Jennifer Casey, one of the pastors here on staff. I bring you greetings on behalf of our Pastor Emeritus, Pastor Bob Thomas. And I bring you greetings on behalf of our new senior pastor, the Reverend David Hoffman, as he will be our preacher for the day. So I look forward to you uh, hearing his first sermon as we are here in worship together. Friends, we continue to see that there are signs that the pandemic is slowing down, winding down, hopefully coming to an end sooner rather than later. And one of those signs was this past week as we welcomed 81 children to our campus outside for Vacation Bible School last week. We had 40 youth and adults that served uh, to shepherd our youngest disciples throughout the week as they got to learn some of the miracles of Jesus through song and Bible stories and crafts, and it was a beautiful week and so good to have that energy here on our campus. One of the other things that we got to do last week was celebrate the commissioning of Joyce's Little Library. So when you get a chance, I invite you to go out on the property over to the bridge. You will see a free little library filled with children's books. This is for the children of Stony Brook and the children of the community, and it is in memory of our beloved Joyce Vandegrift. So it was a joy to be able to commission that on behalf of uh, the work of Jesus Christ through Stony Brook Church. Yet another sign that life is picking back up is that Boom at the Brook is going to happen this year. It's going to be this coming Saturday at 9 p.m. You are invited to come to Stony Brook where we will hang out outside in the parking lot and enjoy some uh, fellowship and fireworks together. Now, we won't be able to supply food and drinks in ways that we have in the past, so if that's something you would like, just make sure to bring your own along with your own comfortable seating, and we'll see you at 9 o'clock on Saturday. It continues to be a good day as we welcome Pastor David and his family to our congregation here at Stony Brook. And I want to share with you that one of the very first things that I said to Pastor David when it was announced that he was going to be appointed to Stony Brook was, just what a lovely and wonderful congregation you all are. I shared with him how you reflect God's love in some of the most beautiful ways through your hospitality and generosity and so many other ways that you are alive and at work in the Hannah community. And I couldn't wait for him to get to know you. 
Well, today is that day, and today I am especially excited that you're going to get to know him as well, along with his family. And so we have Christy DeVries, the chair of our Staff Parish Relations Committee, who's going to come forward and introduce Pastor David and his family to us so we can welcome them in the beautiful ways that you all welcome one another. Thank you, Christy. Good morning, everybody. Um, before I say anything about Pastor David, I just have to say this is my first time coming back, and now I feel really emotional. So I'm really glad to be here and to see all of you. What a year. We gather today to welcome Pastor David Hoffman, who has been appointed to serve as our pastor. We welcome his wife, Melissa, and his daughters, Andrea and Allison. Melissa is a middle school teacher at the Pleasant Local Schools. What a year. What a year to be a teacher. Andrea and Allison are students at Ohio Northern University up in Ada, Ohio. I worked for a company in Delphus, not very far. As you know, we typically would have a reception where we would have food and we would have welcoming handshakes and tell stories, but we're not able to do that yet. Although I agree with Pastor Jennifer that things are looking up where the virus is concerned, we still have some um, worries about it, the variants, things that we really can't predict. So we're not gonna be able to do that right now. But we are going to welcome the family fully at our fall kickoff. So at that point, we'll be able to share all of the stories and the familiar, um, probably hugs by then, I imagine. And we welcome them very much. Could you please join me in prayer? Dear Lord, thank you so much for this Stony Brook family, and please help us to welcome and show love to the Hoffmans as they join. We're grateful to be together. We remember everything we've been through in the last year and appreciate you carrying us at that time. Please let us be joyful and welcoming. In Jesus' name, amen.
in body or in spirit for our call to worship. Bless God, O oh my soul, God has great wonders for us. The hands of God open. We are filled with good and wonderful life. Sing to God as long as we live. Let us rejoice in God's everlasting blessings. Let us continue worshiping as we sing together how firm a foundation. join me in a spirit of prayer as we turn our hearts to God. God of wind and God of sea, we pause here and now to settle our minds, our bodies, and our spirits. Why is it that we keep an unrealistic, frenetic pace? Why is it that we add to our own chaos we turn to you today, O oh God, with our hearts fully open. We breathe deeply, our lungs slowly filling with your breath of life. As we exhale, we let go of worries, anger, resentment, fear. Fill us, God of wind, with your spirit. Calm the chaos in our hearts. God of wind and God of sea, the chaos is all around us. Buildings collapsing in Florida, hot air balloons crashing in New Mexico, terrorism and violence around the world. 
The chaos is real and it is devastating. Lives lost, trauma experienced, souls wounded. The world needs help. We need help, healing and restoration. Bring it, O oh God, and show us how we are to partner with you in this work. God of wind and God of sea, the chaos in our hearts can be overwhelming, sending us in a direction that is not of your design. It's easy to lose sight of you. It's easy to fixate and focus on the things which aren't important. It's easy to get stuck in one way of thinking. It's easy to close off from your goodness your grace, the ways you shimmer in this world. Open us up, O oh God. Help us trust that you are at work even when we can't see it. God of wind and God of sea, as we continue to experience transitions, we pray for your spirit of peace to guide us. Help us do our parts to continue to keep all safe as the pandemic evolves. Remind us that transitions are a natural part of life. There is not anything we need to be fearful of and all will be well. We pray for Pastor David, Melissa, Allison, and Andrea as they transition from one beloved community to another. May we have compassion as they learn a new community who love you. May we remember the ways we've been the new kid on the block. May we recall the times when our hearts hurt for that which we've left behind. Fill them with your love, be gentle with their hearts, and guide them back to you when the chaos feels overwhelming. We pray all of this in the name of the one whose voice is so powerful, it calms the wind and the sea. We now join our voices together, praying the prayer that Christ Jesus taught us by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So 
and I know he watches me. I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. For his eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. Kevin, for your gift of music this morning and for reminding us of the many ways that God loves and cares for us. Christy, thank you for your introduction, and we celebrate with your family. I heard that your daughter got married uh, yesterday. What a, a time of celebration in your family's life. Growing up um, as one of five children, traveling anywhere was a production. <laughs> I can imagine the same was true for Jesus and his traveling companions. And I still look back and I chuckle at the thought of seven family members cramming themselves into a station wagon to tr and going to parts unknown. Maybe you've had similar experiences. Can you hear the questions and the comments coming from the back seat? <laughs> Are we there yet? Or I'm hungry. Or, Mom, he's in my space. And the list goes on and on. Jesus' disciples asked similar questions. And for the next four weeks, we'll be spending some time in the Gospel of Mark, focusing on Jesus' travels with his disciples and their questions along the way. We will listen for their questions 
and we will listen at how Jesus responds to them. Friends, this morning's Gospel lesson comes to us from the fourth chapter of the Gospel of Mark, verses 35 through 41. I invite us to hear these words. On that day, when evening had come, Jesus said to them, Let us go to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. Other boats were with them. A great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that the boat was already being swamped. But Jesus was in the stern, asleep on a cushion. And they woke him up and said, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Jesus woke up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. Then the wind ceased, and there was a dead calm. Jesus said to them, Why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great awe and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Friends, this is the word of God for all of God's children. Thanks be to God. Amen. Would you pray with me? Thou who art over us, Thou who art one of us, Thou who simply art, give each of us a pure heart that we may see Thee, a humble heart that we may hear Thee, a heart of love that we may serve Thee, and most of all, a heart of faith that we may always abide in Thee. This is our hope. This is our prayer this day. Amen. At the outset of this morning's text, there is an invitation. And isn't that where it always begins? An invitation, a a suggestion, a calling, an asking by someone to go with, to journey beside, to try something new, a, a chance to risk by taking that next step. An invitation. The journey always begins by leaving something behind and heading in a new direction or to someplace new. That's how the oversea voyage began for the disciples that evening. The invitation from Jesus came out of the blue. Let's go, he said. Let us go to the other side. But that invitation shouldn't have entirely been unexpected. They were on a journey, and they were, of course, at the shoreline. And by looking back at the previous text in the Gospel of Mark, we know that Jesus had chosen his traveling companions. He could have invited others, but he decided to travel with them. I believe that Jesus saw something in them. Jesus trusted them. Their skills, their gifts, their knowledge, their resources, their potential, their abilities, their lifetime of experiences. Jesus saw something in them that I would guess that most of them could not see in themselves. And you have to admit, they were good companions for the journey. 
Who else would you want in your boats? Who else would you want to travel with other than someone who has fished these same waters? You would want to be with someone who knows the ins and the outs of the fishing business. Someone who knows the sea. Someone who was prepared to face whatever would come their way. And this morning's text tells us that there were other boats with them, so it doesn't sound entirely unreasonable for them to be out on the sea that evening. And by now they had been traveling with Jesus for a while, and they were exhausted. Jesus invited them to just get away from it all. He wanted them to experience a change of pace, a change of perspective, They had put in a full day's work and Jesus wanted them to have some rest and some respite. And the text tells us that they left the crowd behind. Now the invitation is also our beginning. It is always the beginning. The invitation of faith and our acceptance of that invitation puts us all in the same boat Together, together with those who have come before us and together with those who will come after us, there is no distinction. We are all in it together. And being in that boat gives us rights and responsibilities, probably more responsibilities than rights, especially when we choose to follow Jesus. Most of the time, we have no idea where that invitation will lead us. It can be exhilarating and exciting, but it can also be a bit overwhelming and fearful. We are asked to do new things and to go where we have never gone before. We we are asked to use our gifts, the gifts that we have been given, those gifts that are apparent to us and those yet to be discovered. We are asked to use our gifts, sometimes in new and unexpected ways. We are asked to give more, more than we ever thought that we had to give. And we are asked to tell others about our journey and then invite others to follow and join us. We agree to all of this when we accept the invitation that God places upon our lives. And our God never stops inviting us. Regardless of whether we think we have arrived at our final destination, are we there yet? (laughs) No. (laughs) We can already overhear the frustrated disciples asking questions from the back seat. Are we there yet? No. God continues to invite each one of us. Now, even though the disciples must have had a myriad of feelings and reactions towards Jesus' invitation, they quickly accepted and found themselves in that same boat together. And I'm sure some of them had to work through their questions and concerns. Do we stay on the shoreline? (laughs) Or do we accept the invitation to wade into the water? Do we look to Jesus or do we look to our own efforts and our own resources? Now, I'm sure that most of the disciples were secretly wishing for an after-dinner cruise around the shoreline, right? (laughs) And you know what? If you listen closely, 
you can faintly overhear and make out the theme song beginning softly in the background as they sailed out to the sea, echoing verse 37 in today's text. Just sit right back, and you'll hear a tale, a tale of a fateful trip that started from a tropic port aboard this tiny ship. The mate was a, a mighty sailor man, the skipper brave and sure five passengers set sail that day for a three-hour tour, a three-hour tour, right? The weather started getting rough, the tiny ship was tossed, if not for the courage of the fearless crew, the minnow would be lost, the minnow would be lost. And 98 episodes later, their journey on Gilligan's Island was over, right? And if you have no idea what Gilligan's Island is, please see me after worship and I'll, I'll direct you to some reruns on YouTube or Netflix or MeTV, right? But we never know where that invitation, that invitation will lead us. The disciples found themselves in the middle of the action, in the middle of the sea, right in the path of, a, of the storm. Shouldn't Jesus have known better? and to have led them to such, into such a risky and challenging situation. I'm sure that they would have, have, have instead wanted to be led to a place of comfort and preference versus a position that would force them to try out and to hone their skills and to test their ability to trust. And the geography of the Sea of Galilee makes it especially susceptible to sudden violent storms. This is part of the reason that the Gospels generally describe Jesus and His disciples sailing more or less along the shoreline rather than going directly across this open sea. If you were closer in, you could make a run for the shoreline and ride out the storm, the sudden storm with minimal damage. But in this morning's text, Jesus' invitation is for them to set out for the opposite side of the shore. And unfortunately, that meant sailing directly across the sea. And worse, st worse still, it was getting dark, which meant the temperatures were more unstable and favorable for stormy conditions. The text tells us a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that the boat was already being swamped and we find Jesus resting comfortably on a cushion in the stern of the boat. Can you imagine the angst of, of the disciples, the battle that must have been playing out in their minds? You could just hear the four experienced fishermen ask, do we, do we wake him up or do we let him sleep? Do we try to handle the situation on our own or do we look to Jesus to speak to this situation? And at first they seem reluctant to turn to Jesus. And the disciples probably began bailing water with one eye on the, on the rising water, threatening to swamp the boat, and the other eye upon the wind and the, and the lightning strikes. And the disciples probably could be compared to a modern-day storm chaser, one behind the wheel of the chase vehicle with one eye fixed on the road ahead and the other eye looking down at the radar on his or her smartphone, unaware of the magnitude of the storm that they're driving right into. The disciples, the disciples reacted as if Jesus 
were not in the boat with them. They responded as if the one who had invited them to take the journey had abandoned them. It takes a while, but they eventually come to their senses and they turn to Jesus. And Jesus speaks a word of peace. A word of calm that stills not only the storm, but also their restless hearts. Now, we don't react much differently. We gauge our success or failure by looking at our own efforts. We, we try to make sense of decisions through our own eyes and limited experience. We even attempt to love and accept others by our own lens of what it means to love and to accept others. We bail and bail and bail water, fearing the whirling change around us. And we forget. We forget that we have been called. We forget that we have been invited. We forget that Jesus journeys with us regardless of which direction we choose, regardless of how complicated and confusing life can get. We forget about the dramatic and reassuring peace that Jesus can bring once again into our lives. We forget that wherever our journeys take us, we are in the same boat together. We are traveling companions in this journey called life. We forget that we are not there yet. We forget that we have not yet arrived and that we are constantly being called to growth and a life of transformation. And as we close today, it's essential to note that Jesus never says there is nothing to be afraid of. You see, the Galilean storm was undoubtedly fearsome, as are the wind and the waves that threaten us. Instead, Jesus asks the disciples, why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? And to help understand this distinction, imagine a scene such as this. A child awakens in the dark of night. The child's terrified at some dream that has disturbed his or her sleep, and a parent rushes into the bedroom and scoops up the little one into their arms and sits in a chair. And the parent wipes away the sweaty locks off their child's forehead and caresses the child's hair, rocks the child gently, and then whispers what a thousand parents have whispered since the beginning of time. Hush now. There's nothing to be afraid of. The question that these comforting words raise is simply this. Is the parent telling the whole truth to their child? Is there really nothing to be afraid of? And although we often confuse them saying there's nothing to be afraid of, it is a very different thing 
from saying, do not be afraid. The hard truth is that there are fearsome things in this world that are very real. Isolation, pain, hatred, meaninglessness, illness, rejection, losing one's job, money problems, failure, and death. There are things that are fearsome in our world. But as we grow in faith, we come to understand that even though such fearsome things are very real and exist in our world, they do not. They do not have the last word. Do not be afraid. It is what you might say, the first and the last word of the Gospel. It is the word that the angels speak to the terrified shepherds. And the word spoken at the tomb when the women discover it empty. Do not be afraid. Not because there are no scary things on the sea of our days. Not because there are no storms, fierce winds, or waves. But because God is with us. God has chosen us. We are in the same boat. We together are experiencing change and transition. We are experiencing change and shift on the outside and the inside. We are moving literally away from what we have known to something new. We are moving away from what we have come to know in terms of restrictions to learning new freedoms. We have not yet arrived but we will get there. We will get there together as Jesus leads the way. Friends, I have been invited and you have been invited. Thanks be to God. Amen. I invite us now as we begin to close our worship this day by standing together and singing My Hope is Built. <laughs> Let us stand and sing together.
Thank you for your hospitality and your welcome. Um, it is great to be here. It's now um, my opportunity to remind us of our faithfulness back to God through the church. You're invited to share your gifts um, by placing them in the basket as we leave today or by going online. There are several opportunities for us to participate in the offering this day. And now may the love and grace of God, which surpasses all of our understanding, keep our hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of His Son, Jesus Christ. May the blessing of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit be among us this day and remain with us forever. Let us go in God's peace. Amen.